Hey, church, it's Pastor Mike. Welcome to my seven-minute almost daily podcast where we're just trying to adapt to the cultural changes that we find ourselves in, the stuff the pandemic has pushed upon us, pretty much unavoidable. But we're leaning in, trying to figure out how to get better. We call it ReChurch. Hey, thanks for coming back. Yesterday, I told a story about a young lady who was working an existential crisis into her morning routine. She was discovering that her discouragement about meaning and purpose was sort of infiltrating her whole day. So she started, you know, just taking 15 minutes to lose her mind every morning between coffee and a shower and then getting on with her day. (laughs) If you listen to yesterday, basically I'm saying, look, you know, there is an alternative to an existential crisis, which is essentially a faith crisis, right? That's what an existential crisis is. When you think about the greater, bigger things of life, the bigger perspective, and you find none, you've lost your faith in God who is eternal and has greater purposes for your life. And I used 1 Peter 5 uh, to talk about all that stuff, ultimately to say we need to humble ourselves and renew our faith and remember our eternal God and knowing full well that all that we're going to suffer in time, he will restore us and lift us up. And so I said, really, the alternative to a crisis of faith or an existential crisis is to get on your knees and be honest about the troubles and the difficulties and the challenges of this world, but then renew your faith while you're on your knees in a God who's either ordained it or is using it for your good in an eternal way, right? He may not fix what's going on, Because our God is eternal and he's preparing those who love him, those who have decided to trust his son for greater eternal purposes. That's where I said you should tilt to. And then I told you we're going to get bonus material. I said, if if you paid attention to that um, podcast, you would not only understand how to avoid an existential crisis, but you would have some perspective on how to deal with the election and believe it or not, social media. So let's get started. Uh, Here's the deal. When you're reading something, when you're listening to something, when you're talking to somebody, no matter what the subject matter is, you can be thinking, is this person coming from an eternal perspective? Do they have a hope beyond this world? If they don't, then they are going to be putting their hopes and their desires and their wants and their aspirations in something lesser, some lesser solution like a leader, a governor, legislation, power or intimidation, a cause. They might even put in their hope in denial, meaning they're not They don't truly have any hope, but they're pretending that they do. And all of those insufficient solutions create, whether they know it or not, a certain degree of anxiety, sometimes a lot. And that leads to extreme measures to try to gain some security. 
And suddenly, what may have been a good cause, a well-intentioned communication or initiative, becomes selfish, self-oriented for their own personal good, can become divisive. Every thing that's hard in this world is going to come up. Elections are hard. Issues that people are trying to, to solve, to find some peace through communication on social media is hard. And without an eternal hope, faith in a good God, the way we interact with those hard things becomes unhealthy, even toxic. And so how does an eternal perspective, a hope in a good God, impact or change the way you engage the issues of this world? Three things. One, always speak from a position of eternal hope. That means keeping the solutions of this world in perspective with some understanding of what they can and cannot accomplish. Never communicate out of fear or anger. Communicate from a place of peace, knowing that the solutions that you're looking for are only going to be able to do so much. Number two, recognize that most arguments are reasonable. Differing viewpoints actually have valid reasons that those viewpoints exist. It makes no sense to demonize the opposition or warp their um, argument into something that it's not. There's no courage in that, and there's no way to find the truth that way. Make sure that you personally research and inform your understanding of the opposition. Don't perpetuate bogus arguments. Use multiple sources, even opposing sources, to discover what the real truth is from all angles. There is good journalism on both sides of most issues. Hint, you don't regularly find that on TV or talk radio. If those sources are your primary sources for information, you're going to be arguing in the fringes and in the extremes where nothing really gets accomplished. All right, hey, I'll get to number three tomorrow. In the meantime, just remember that this is important to the ReChurch initiative because Christians have got to engage the issues of this world, not in a way that our personal well-being and self-esteem are dependent upon, but in a way that infuses eternal hope and rock-solid peace into every conversation that we have.